everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. I am very excited to welcome back my friend Dave Mayer. We uh, unfortunately had some technical difficulties back in September, and we finally found a date on the calendar. And I am really excited to hear about the dumb thing that he's done with money. How are you, Dave? Is that what's going on? I'm really excited to be here. Yes, definitely. So Dave is actually, um, a lot of times I'll interview people in the financial world, but Dave is actually in the college athletic world. He is the assistant athletic director for communications at Miami, Ohio University. Go Red Hawks. Uh, going into his ninth season. Woo, been there for a while. You're like the old guy now, Dave. Oh, you, especially if you look around the office and everyone's in like their first year and everybody's 22 years old, you, when you're twice their age, you definitely feel like the old guy. You're definitely the old guy, right? 100%. <laughs> uh, so I am really excited to get back into our conversation. I think we got about seven or eight minutes in last time, and Dave has lots of dumb things that he's done with money, <laughs> like we all do. But Dave, tell us about your career in sports uh, right now. Yeah, so I've been working in sports really since like 2002, 2003, got to Miami in 2013, and have been here since. Um what we do, you know, we're part of our communications team and we, we work with the local and national media mostly to just help promote Miami athletics in any way that we can. Awesome. How, what's the good team this year? So football just came off a great year. They went to a bowl game, won that game, um, won a bunch of awards with all of that. So it, it's been a really good year. Just Miami athletics as a whole has really been really strong, really the, like the last four or five years. Nice. Nice. Well, you know, it helps. Uh, I, I think the communications teams don't get enough credit for that sometimes because success begets success in that sense of the word, right? So if you have one good season, if no one hears about it, then you might not have another good season the next year, right? So getting that information out there and attracting good players definitely helps. Oh, and it's super fun. When you have a team that's great, right? And you're, you've got people calling you nonstop because they want to talk to this person or that person. I mean, the job is, it's an absolute blast when that is going nice. on. Awesome. Good. Well, good to hear. I, I did see that you guys won the bowl game. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So getting into the financial portion of this, uh, I created this show, as you know, Dave, to help other people realize that we all make financial mistakes and we can learn from the experience of others. So what is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? Uh, I mean, I think we only have a half hour, but we could probably talk for about four hours because I've got a list as long as this notebook here. So but well, let's start with the first one. Uh, in back in 2012, my wife and I had about forty thousand dollars just sitting in the bank, and nice. eighteen months, eighteen yeah, it was awesome. And then eighteen months later, my wife's car breaks down in the middle of the driveway where the transmission literally falls out of the car, and we go to look in the bank and there's twenty two hundred dollars in the bank, and we had no idea where thirty eight thousand dollars went. And you want to talk about life altering? when you notice that, cause you just, we weren't really paying attention then. And all of a sudden you notice like, Oh crap, how are we going to pay for a new transmission? And we had no idea where any of the money had gone to. Wow. That's crazy. Um, did, so the transmission literally fell out in the driveway. It, she was on her way to work. So we, she couldn't even go make money that day. We had to call off sick because she couldn't get to work. So here we are, we need more cash and we can't even make it. 
Oh, um, I know. Dave Ramsey says there's a good place to go when you're broke to work, right? But right. <laughs> transmissions in the driveway and the cars over here, that's probably and, not happening. What and, were you guys, what were you guys, uh, where were you guys in your career at that point? So we were, it was just pretty young. Like, I mean, we probably both started full time in 2007. So we were five years into, into our career. My wife's a speech therapist. She was on her way. Oh. What was even worse about the whole thing is when she was backing out of the driveway, the car stopped in the middle of the driveway, so I couldn't even get to work either. Because so there we are. I had to call a tow truck to get our car out of the driveway. Oh and man! There you go. Right, right. So what was that feeling like when you guys looked at each other and said, "Holy crap! There's only twenty two hundred dollars left in the in the savings account." So what's funny is we didn't really talk about it until that day, until the car broke down. We never talked about, it. but we both we had things linked to your phones or you had things linked on your computer. You, we knew and you mm. would see it every month and you could see it going down and down, but we never talked about it. And then we finally did. And once we finally talked about it, it was probably about a month before the car really broke down and we talked about it and we said, all right, we're done. We're going to stop spending money. We're going to change our ways. And literally two days later, my wife came home. I can still remember that she had these big sunglasses on like, and she was just covered in shopping bags, right? I mean, she had gone shopping for the day and came back with like six or eight bags. And she'll oh. tell you the same story where, and right then, and there we're like, all right, I thought we talked about this. And it was a screaming fit. It was not pretty. Yeah. We both, and it, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't my fault. I mean, this was just because we hadn't set expectations of what we really were going to do. We just kept living the life, even though we said we were going to change until you really decide to. It's it's it is tough. Yes, exactly. So what what changed between the conversation pre shopping trip and what did you guys like really settle on when it came to those harder expectations? Right. So, I mean, as hard as the argument was, because it was not pretty. I mean, we were both yelling and pointing fingers and blaming once we finally calmed down. And we were able to sit down and talk about it. We we had to decide like what our new goals were. Mm. Um, and once we realized what we really wanted to do, I think that was a big part of it. It really helped us kind of set new expectations, because if you have these goals that you want to reach, uh, you, you have to set some expectations and it, it helped. Yeah. Was one of the expectations don't come home with six or eight shopping bags. <laughs> <laughs> but it was OK. Sure. OK. Don't come home with six. But. Dave, stop going out to eat every day for lunch, you know, going spending oh. 12 or $14 on lunch every day. I mean, that. Oh, and, that and now, great. yeah, now that was, that was 10 years ago. Right. So now that's $20 a day yes. on lunch. Yeah. Stop and McDonald's, stop going to McDonald's and getting a Coke every day, every morning to start out your day. I mean, things, right. There are so many things that you could change in a hurry to really change that whole outlook. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. So what, how did you guys track the goals? Once we sat down and had the real expectation and goal conversation, how'd you guys track those? So what we did is just for almost like an experiment, the first month, so we had this conversation and then the first month we just kind of lived our life again, normal. And what we did is we kept track of every receipt and we put all the receipts in a bucket. And at the end of the month, we looked at all the receipts and it was, I mean, we had spent like it was like $120 at Speedway, not on gas, not on not gas, on but gas. like on snacks and pop. And it's like, what are we doing? And when you look at that, you're like, holy, like what a, 
what a waste of money. The amount of just, I mean, we were spending, it was fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars $1,600 a month at restaurants. It was all of that. And so when you really lay those numbers out and you're like, oh, this is going to be, we can, there's a lot of ways to save money here. And so just stop walking into Speedway. <laughs> there's, there were so many things Stay you could do. Stay at the gas pump. Don't yeah. go inside. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, and, and I wanted it. $1,600. I'm sure someone out there is going to watch this and they're going to say, what on God's green earth was this guy buying for $1,500 or $1,600 eating out? That category is always four figures when I start with a new client. Always. You, I don't know why psychologically humans, Americans, whatever you want to call it, we cannot grasp how much money we're spending eating out for some reason. That is always the number one biggest shock when I start working with new clients. Yeah. Because it's what it's $13 here, $14 there. We go out for a family. We'd even go to places where kids eat free and we'd still spend 40 bucks. Yeah. Like, Oh, well the kids are eating free. Now let's go get a couple appetizers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was so easy to spend that kind of money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so was there anything else you did that was dumb? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's step one, right? Step two. I mean, we probably what and probably something I talk to everybody about a lot is a house. Um, we rushed into a house way too quick. Oh. Um, we met with somebody like, all right, here's what your payment is going to be on the house. They're like, oh, that's OK. But then they and then the banker was like, but if you want, we can lower your payment by getting you a second mortgage. And we're like, oh, OK, sweet. So instead of fifteen hundred dollars a month on a house, we were paying twelve hundred. And that gave us three hundred dollars more to go blow it at a restaurant. I mean, at, at whatever, so, right? <laughs> exactly. So we're like, oh, that seems fine. Right. So we're, our money's still going towards a house payment. That's, that's still smart. Right. So that, that's probably a step two. And just when you really, as you get a little bit wiser and you look at it, the amount of money we were just wasting towards interest and towards random payments towards the house. I mean, it was right. ridiculous. Do you remember what your interest rate was back then? So on the first mortgage, it was like five. And on the second yeah. mortgage, it was like 12. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that even as, as far as not far back as 10 years ago, how much higher the interest rates were. If we go back 30 years, 40 years in the 1980s, I think my parents had like an 18 or 28% interest rate. And my mom just, and dad, yep. my mom and dad said 17% on their house. 17. Yeah. 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 Yep. So maybe it was 18, but they were, they were in New York too, but um, it was like an 18% interest rate and people balk at, that's why I asked you because people balk <laughs> right. at 5%. Forget yeah. about 12% on a, on the second mortgage. They think 5% is crazy, but it's, it's not very long ago that that was a normal interest rate. So yeah, the, a, a, the amount of money wasted on interest, you didn't really have a choice back then that those were the interest rates, but had you just sucked it up and paid that extra $300 a month. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. Just when, when you meet with people that they are trying to loan you as much money as you can, they're, they're not trying to be sneaky or anything. I'm not saying that like, it's just, that's what they do. That's right. their job too. They're trying to make their, their finance, their businesses make as much money as well. And we were 25, 26 years old. We didn't know any better. We didn't meet with anybody or talk with anybody about it. We just knew we wanted to go get a house right? and, and just did it and just trust the people that are telling you, here's your numbers and, and, and you just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that still happens somewhat frequently. There might be a little more um, 
consumer advocacy these days, uh, but I do still feel that 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 happens. You know, oh, I'm going to go with the mortgage broker who my mom and dad used his dad 40 years ago, you know, and and Mm -hmm. there's really no vetting of the person per se. So you've taken these experiences and I know that you talk about this stuff all the time. So (laughs) Dave is not technically in the finance world or the financial coaching world, but you're kind of a a part-time on the side financial coach for people that work with you, right? Oh, it's something that's extremely rewarding to help somebody sit down, put a budget together and watch them change their lives over the years. And when they call you to say, Dave, we just paid off our car or we just paid off our student loan. I mean, that is awesome. It is so much fun. And it's something my wife and I really, because of what we went through and and what the damage that it did towards our marriage at that time, that's Mm -hmm. something if we can help anybody else avoid that, that's, that's what we do. That's why we do this. That's why we yeah. want to help people. Cause if we can avoid some pain with those helping anybody avoid their pain, I'm all about that. Yeah, absolutely. What's the number one, uh, what, what's the number one thing people say to you when, if they don't like believe you, they're like, that, that doesn't help doing a budget doesn't help. You know, what's, what's the pushback on it? What's the pushback. So if they want, I, we just try to share our story. And if, we can put a budget together and make some serious sacrifices. I mean, Susan, we, I mean, we talked about one time where my wife and I, we just stopped going to restaurants. We saw how yes. much money we were spending uh, this 15, $1,600 a month. And we just stopped going to restaurants for five years. Yeah. And we just decided, boom, that's it. And maybe, maybe we order a pizza and we go pick up an $8 pizza or something like that every once in a while. But we did not step into a restaurant for five years yeah. and used all of that money towards making you know, advancements in, in our finances. Right. Right. Um, I would say 99% of the American public would never be able to do that. <laughs> right. And okay, fine. Let's say you can't just stop going to restaurants five, like for five years. Can, can we go from three times a week to once? Like the amount of money that saves the, right. or, and what happened with us too, is because we stopped spending money on restaurants, we learned to make really awesome food at home. And my wife, Holy cow, the stuff she can make now that she never would have been able to make six, seven years ago. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing now. She's like a real chef. <laughs> she, she's great. I mean, when we were in college, I saw her burn water. So that's so, hilarious. And now she can make these amazing meals for super cheap and we just have a great time. Yeah, exactly. I would love to know for our people who are watching out there, do you guys think you could stop going to restaurants for five <laughs> years? Let us know in the comments. Um so what would let's go back to blowing the forty thousand dollars in a very short period of time. If you could go back and rectify that situation before it happened, what would you do differently? So probably first off is like we just rushed into a house way too quickly um, because of that. Right, we we bought a house. Now we want to put a deck on the house, or now we want to finish out the basement, or hey, we've got a nice house. Now we got to have nice cars to go in the garage if we're going to have mm. a garage. So. Instead, what I would tell people is like, slow down and save up 20, 30, 40% on your first house. It makes everything else so much easier. It's, it's one of the reasons my wife and I ended up taking, moving to Oxford for this job is we wanted to reset our finances completely because we had, we had made a lot of, you know, dumb decisions with the house. And so what we did is when we moved to Oxford, we rented for a year and a half and we Mm. saved up a boatload of money. And when we went and did our down payment on our house, we put down 30%. Nice. 
nice. and put our house on a 15 year mortgage. And just, we said we were going to try to pay this off in five years. So that, that would be my biggest thing is just slow down and save up as much money as you can first yeah. instead, right? Because you can get a mortgage for 3% down or sometimes even 0% down. And oh yeah. 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 The yeah. 0% down thing is I, uh, it, it uh, not that I want the government involved in any more of our finances, but if we could put a, like a pass a law saying that there's no more zero percent down mortgages, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, but but it's because everyone, everybody's friends, just tell you like buy a house, get a house. That way, at least your payment is going towards your house instead of throwing money away at rent. And rent isn't throwing money away, right? It's giving you time to save up more money to put towards your house. Right, right. Or make the decision about where you want to live, right? Sure. Our, our friend Dave Ramsey says that all the time. Hey, you need to rent for a year to see what side of the tracks you should be living on and how far away you should be from your in-laws. <laughs> exactly. And can I move farther away? Am I allowed right. to do that? If I move further away, what's my commute going to look like? <laughs> so then let's the, in terms of tracking the, or, oh, so you guys became completely debt free very relatively recently, June of 2020. That's right. Nice. So what did you guys end up paying off? So, when we b borrowed on our house, it was, we borrowed, well, we, it was $269,000 on the house, but we put down 60 grand. Okay. And then, so we paid off that 209,000 in, in five years and seven months. Gotcha. Um, did you guys have, so after you had moved and bought the house in Ohio, did you guys ever run up any consumer debt after that? Did you guys have student loans? Did we get back on the credit cards? Did we make, right. did we did you take any steps back before we took those steps forward? Yeah, when we moved here, we we had some consumer debt on our car and some student loan stuff. When we we had about twenty thousand dollars in equity in our house at Bowling Green before we moved here, and we just used that to pay off, you know, the car and the student loan. Nice. Um, and because it would have been easy to just throw that in the bank and count that as part of your down payment on the house, but we really wanted to start over, and we were going to yeah. just start over at zero. Right. And take our time. I mean, we were going to do what we were preaching to people to do. Right, right, exactly. So, Dave, you guys are well on your way, if not already, to be everyday millionaires. Uh, what kind of cars do you drive now? Uh, I have a 2009 Jeep that has 220,000 miles on it. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it gets like 14 miles to the gallon at this point. So, it, it might be time. And then we did buy my wife a car with cash. Uh, she always wanted a GMC Acadia. And Ooh. so we bought her one of those, but it was, it still had a hundred thousand miles on it for her too. So, um, but nice. those are our two vehicles. Nice. Yeah. And just so everyone's out there is aware, uh, cars that have more than six digits in miles do still run <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I'm at like 140 on my 2009 Volvo. So I'm catching up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. But that's one of the number one things that when somebody sits down and they're like, all right, Dave, what can we do differently? I said, well, we could sell the car and the eyes get right. Like they're super big. And they're like, wait, you want me to, I just bought this car. Like, why would I sell it? But yeah. if you're into it and you're really willing to start over, like that, that is one of the steps. My husband met someone new at work yesterday who was complaining about his car payment of 700 plus dollars a month. My husband goes, what kind of car is it? It's a 2021 Kia. It's the high-end Kia. There is no Kia on planet Earth that should cost you $700 a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it might be more than their house payment. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't even think. No, I don't even think they have a house. I think they're renting. Yeah. Yeah. So we. I didn't get all the details, but I. Was, I mean, I was like, "There's no such thing to me as a $700 a month Kia." I'm sorry. There shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you put zero down if the car's that expensive, but it's. It is. The car is definitely. And the way it came up in conversation, I think the guy is actually kind of alluded to the fact that he might regret it. Now. He's in a hot market, but if he goes back to sell that thing to the dealership, what kind of hit is he going to take? He's going to take a 30% hit. That's a 2021 car. I mean, that thing is brand new. Yep. And so if he goes to turn that in to get a cheaper car, he's going to take about a 30% hit on it. Yep. And uh, what we call that stupid tax. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, that's a, that's your lesson learned right there. Uh, yeah. Don't go, don't do that again. And that will stick with you the rest of your life. Like, yeah. wow, that was a mistake. Exactly. Exactly. A, a 30, 30,000, you know, whatever the heck that car costs, a 10, 20, $30,000 error. Uh, but yeah, they don't all have to be uh, brand new cars, guys. They do still run. <laughs> awesome. So what do you think, uh, what are your kids going to get out of this? Cause you've got two almost teenagers. One's a teenager, one's getting there, but what do you, what do you think, how do you think all of this experience that you and your wife have gone through is changing their lives or has already changed their lives? So, I have a 14 and 11 year old, two girls. Um, they're awesome. And they haven't balked at any of this. When, when we had a house at Bowling Green, right. They each had their own room. And then when we rented an apartment for a year and a half, they shared a bed for 18 mm. months. Now they were six and three at the time. So, I mean, they were small, but they went from their own rooms to sharing a room for a year and a half. And guess what? Like they don't need therapy or anything right now. They're fine. Everything's fine. And now like we include them every month with our budget. They sit down, they show it, you know, they, they get commission every month on, you know, their chores as well. And they also learn to share, you know, with their money. They learn how to spend as well. Um, they have a giving jar that they have to put money in so that they learn to, you know, give somebody an extra big tip if we go out to eat now or something like that. So they are into this big time. They, they know what's going on. Uh, they will see somebody use a credit card at a restaurant and they're like, dad, dad, they shouldn't be doing that. You know, like whispering real like, so they, they know, like at least they hear what we talk about. Right. And, and they follow our same steps as well. That's awesome. How old were they when the big fight happened? So they, they would have been like six and three or five and yeah. you know, five and three somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, you know, it, it's just something they've grown up with now at this point. It didn't require a major life change, but let me tell you, man, your kids are going to be the weird ones. Your girls are going to be the weird ones out there when they're in college and their friends are talking about graduating and they've got 75,000, $100,000 in student loans. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, right. Especially with how this whole student loan crisis is going right now. It's pretty scary. I mean, here in college athletics, I have, I'll have students that work for me for four years out of state paying a lot yeah. of money to come here. Right. And, and then they want to go work in sports and they don't, we don't make a lot of money for a long time in this field. So no, like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably actually touched on this the last time we spoke, but for everybody who doesn't know, I know Dave because I used to work in sports and it is one of those industries, unfortunately, uh, that you don't make a ton of money in. It can be a lot of fun. It can be very rewarding. It can be your lifelong goal, but you don't always make a ton of money in it. I, I love this job. It is super yeah. fun. Uh, but I have lost a lot of friends in the last year and a half through yeah. this because some of them with job cuts, but a lot of them have just decided like, it's not worth it. I don't make enough money to do this. But 
if they were debt free, didn't have any payments or anything like that, then you can continue to do a job that yes. you really love because you yes. don't you don't need to make six figures kind of thing. Right. So there's just a lot of angles to this that and yeah. that's part of what we do, where we try to help a lot of people in college athletics with this as well. Definitely. Definitely. Dave, it was so good to catch up with you. <laughs> I For appreciate sure. you being vulnerable and telling us about your dumbest mistakes. I know we missed <laughs> a few of them, so maybe we'll have you back sometime next year to talk about those. But Count happy me in. New Year. And I hope everyone, if you guys joined in late, I saw a bunch of people jump in late. Make sure to check out the replay on the YouTube channel. And uh, happy new year. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks again, Dave. See everybody. Thanks again. Learn podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.